What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams and GP. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we this morning? Good morning. Oh, yes. <laughs> what do we well, got? Well, good morning. Day? Good morning, GP. I would suggest a, uh, a double shot of espresso for you. Oh, yes, because caffeine is so good for me. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of but fact, yeah. I th- I, I've, I've, not, I've not seen you on caffeine. So, you know what? Maybe it's best we no. just keep you off of it. So, how are you guys doing this morning? You guys good? Good. Yeah. Healthy, alive. Doing well. All right. Just let's start. Uh, a little dose of uh, news this morning. And oh, I'm no. supposed to be on sabbatical of news. You. But what do we got? You caught a dose of news. You caught a dose of news. Mm-hmm. What'd you catch before I jump into all this nonsense? What What'd you catch? <sighs> no, I, you know, I don't want to get into it. It's the morning. Let's let's just be lightly. Let's be light okay. and uh, right. friendly. And uh, well, yeah, this will be friendly. This will be friendly for Bruce and I, but it probably won't be oh. friendly for you. So I do apologize. OK. SpaceX is set to fly its Starship rocket prototype nearly 500 feet into the air next week. But some say that it's too soon, right? So they're going to close some roads down, and they're going to give this a uh, give this a try. I think the last two imploded actually from a uh, from some kind of a pressure test. Isn't that correct, Bruce? That one specifically, I'm not sure, uh, but they they have had some failures before. Yes. So this is going to be the. Let me see. It says the first hop for the Ding. rocket will be set. Sorry, what? Go ahead. I was going to say it's it's punishment for uh, yeah. Not roaches aren't supposed to be in space. But oh, go. You, not with this again. Not with this again. Because I tell you what. <laughs> yeah. All right. This will be the first hop for the rocket, which is set to be 492 feet in the air. However, all four mm-hmm. previous prototypes have exploded during the ground test. So, see, GP, that should make you happy. So, mm-hmm. you know. You're, you're you know, the no, it does type. not make me happy. No, that does not make me happy because that is material energy and man hours that have just been wasted. OK, that I don't appreciate. I don't I don't like the waste part of it. All right. Well, I mean, but I think that all that energy could be used in a lot more areas. You know, you know education. You have to give one. you have to give Musk credit for one thing. He has made space exploration and space travel as it relates to the reusable part of it as in the mm-hmm. new the new Falcon 9 all that's reusable right. everything's reusable right. and that's that's his goal recyclable with this as well. I like that I do yeah I do like that's, it that's his goal with this as well is to make space travel sustainable so he he wants to go that route with it so same thing with this this uh, starship rocket it's going to be the same thing it's going to be sustainable so it's going to be reusable the road closure filling around the firm's texas facility remains excuse me reveals that the starship prototype sn5 will fly or fly nearly 500 feet in the air sometime between july 13th and july 15th so here in the next day or two however the first flight of the sn5 depends on the testing of the raptor engine which is scheduled for monday news follows a number of failed starship tests must watch the four I uh, watched four of the Mars-bound rockets burst into flames at the launch site, and I did see some of that stuff that exploded on the uh, the pad before. It was uh, it was pretty bad. So, and I, I do feel bad for that. But uh, nonetheless, Bruce, what do you think of this? This this is a good thing, right? I mean, we're we're trying. I mean, if you look at the early Apollo missions, 
we had a lot of failures there as well. So, I mean, it took time to get it right, but you have a private company doing this as opposed to taxpayer money. Yeah. So this is, I believe this is the largest rocket. Yeah. That, that's ever been tested to it launch, is. I believe. It is. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is expected. Oh, Mr. Beast had a pretty big one and he blew it up. Oh, wait, we're not talking about YouTube <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, this is to be expected. It's a, it's a, it's a prototype. I mean, there's a picture of it with people standing next to it and they look very small compared to the rocket. But yeah, I mean, if they can get it to work, it's going to be a boon for space travel, at least to Mars anyway, uh, and the moon and so on and so forth. Uh, it'll, it'll allow for larger payloads to be, uh, uh, launched into space. Musk has said that the lifetime of each starship will be around 20 to 30 years, kind of like an aircraft. CGP, it's reusable. So it's okay. it's not like okay. not like this is going to be a, a one and done kind of thing. Uh, around take th- care of before we go to space. Right. Okay. Around yeah. three starship okay. flights will launch from Earth per day or around 1,000 flights a year, and each will have a capacity of more than 90,000 pounds. So, yes, by continuously the- ferrying the people... Go ahead. The so this is what they're. I believe this is the platform they're going to use to do the the travel from one point on the Earth to the other to another point on the Earth. Yes, he's doing. He's going to time. do that as well. Yep. Yeah. By continuously ferrying people the 180 million miles to Mars, is it really that far? Wow. Musk is predicting 1,000 human inhabitants by 2030, and maybe around 1 million by 2050. So, uh, oh really? You know, so by 2050, we're gonna have gangs. And we're gonna have Martian gangs. And I would imagine by by 2050, you're gonna surface have surface thugs. Surface thugs. I would imagine that. <laughs> I, I would imagine that red dust thugs. I think you're going to find that there's going to be a selection process for this kind of thing, and so it's the Bruce, second generation is the problem, not the first one. Well, that's true. It's but the Bruce, second generation is the issue. Yes, Bruce, you made the point that it's a one-way trip. You don't come back. Currently, as it stands, yeah, you don't come back. Um, I mean, eventually there will be an infrastructure to allow travel between the two, but in in the beginnings, no, yeah, the, the first generation is probably not going to come back. And even if they did come back, there's concerns that humans that are on Mars will won't be compatible for a good seven to ten years as they reacclimate and uh, they're they won't be able to come back anyways because their immune systems will be completely compromised. Everything will be changed. The immune system will be compromised, but it's also like uh, the entire process of like genetics and everything is going to change a little bit too. having the different gravity and different electromagnetic field. Basically, they're saying they're not sure that if someone came from Mars back to Earth, that they'd even be able to procreate with humans on Earth. One of the things that they're actually theorizing about now is there could have been, which we've, yeah, we've talked about this before. And I think there's been a lot of talk over the years about this. They're looking to see if there is an ancient civilization on Mars at some point. Now, do, let me ask you this, just flat out. Do either one of you actually believe that just on its face? Do, do either one of you actually believe that? No. To like no. the full extent that no. I mean, is, is it an interesting theory to, you know, thought experiment? Sure. I mean, it, it's fun to think about that we're the survivors of some escape pod or something from another civilization that's now wiped out and we're uh-huh. the, the remnant of it re- reestablishing ourselves. It's, it's fun to think about that, but no, I don't really believe that. What about life in general? Do you, do you think that there, there could have been life at one point there of any kind? Possibly. Historically speaking, no. The question is, is it possible that life could have existed on Mars at some point? Well, that's the question This kind of preoccupied scientists, right? So now with us looking at 
new ways to kind of get onto Mars. And this is kind of the the, uh, the stepping point or the, the new this is the new goal, right, to, to get humans to Mars finally. So yeah, like an actual person on Mars. But uh, they're looking to also kind of see if there was you know, if we can find a uh, proof that there was life on Mars. And some believe that around three or four billion years ago that both planets, Earth and Mars, uh, had the potential to nurture life. But Mars is actually intervening history, right? It's it's a little bit different. But the new Mars probes from the United States, the United Arab Emirates and China are going to launch this year. I didn't realize we were sending anymore. Are we except for the new helicopter drone? We are sending that one. You, Bruce, you and I talked about that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Yes. Well, the helicopter drones accompanied by another drone, like or vice versa. The the other drone is going to be a you know another larger one that's going to be sent out there. It's like close to the size of a minivan or. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Oh yes, yes, we something, looked at that as well. Like that. Yeah, we looked mm-hmm. at that as well. Mm-hmm. The goal, though, of sending these things is not to find Martian life, right? They're they're not looking for life now, but they believe because they they believe nothing would survive there now but they want to search for possible traces of past life forms don't the rovers we have up there now aren't they doing that haven't they been doing that sort of so they have found remnants of things like water and and uh carbon so it's possible that there could have been life there at one point honestly if there was life there at one point the cave systems there could potentially house things like bacteria fungus you know those kind of things maybe small microbes and whatnot that can live on that uh but as far as life as we consider it like you know animals or humans or you know insentient beings something like that no uh, obviously not i mean maybe if they're underground but again you're you're stretching into the realm of um conspiracy theories uh that uh, I don't typically uh, believe. Right, right. We say. They're looking at a you know, Mars 2020 exploratory probe, which is scheduled for launch at the end of July, when Earth and Mars will be the closest for more than two years. I didn't realize we were coming up on that. There are more than two and a half billion dollars in this project, and the most technologically advanced attempt to uncover Mars's deep buried secrets. So it's possible that they could find something. I mean, okay, let, let's assume for a second that they they're going to find more dirt. That's what they're going to find. They're going to find more dirt. <laughs> 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 Thanks for your vote of confidence. Billions there, of GP. dollars, and we're going to find more dirt. You have guys like Musk wanting to build new civilizations on Mars. And I know, GP, you're against that because, you know, we can't take care of ourselves here. So we're going to go somewhere else. But and, and I, I see your yeah, I, I see and screw it up. I, I see your point. But I guess this is more of a question for Bruce. What is Musk's goal? So you you establish the colony, you establish the civilization. This is how I'm seeing it. You establish that. And then what? You advance yourself towards reestablishing some type of an atmosphere and and generating life. Is that where he's going with this? Or does the entire thing have to remain a bubble colony? It's going to remain a, a bubble colony for quite a while. I mean, we're, we're talking long time until technology is at a point to where um, we can really terraform it. The problem is, is the atmosphere is too thin. So if you wanted to make an Earth-like atmosphere, you're going to have to bring in large quantities of, of uh, gases and convert it to oxygen or CO2 or whatever. And, you know, right now that's not really feasible. So unless there's large quantities of water underground that we can, you know, use electrolysis on and get the get the um, hydrogen and oxygen off of there, use hydrogen for fuel and put the oxygen in the atmosphere, you're, you're not going to you're not going to terraform it right now. I see. All right. So. Okay, I, I'm just. I'm I just trying to think work it's this. a little more simpler than that. I just think he wants to go beyond the Mile High Club. He wants, he wants to be the GP, first person to say that's, 
a mile high club. That's 180 million miles away. That's yeah, like exactly. hell of a mile it's, high it's, club. It's, yeah, see? It's the ultimate. So his his claimed uh, the reasoning is both in case of artificial intelligence were to be malicious and wipe out the human race here on Earth. We have a colony somewhere else continue, uh, potentially continue or have a chance to. Same with things like asteroids or something that is smashed into the Earth. And well, you, you, you know, the, the only planet you're living on is Earth. So you're all screwed. I mean, you know, he's, what he's if the talking same about thing the happened to the Martian colony. You still have the earth colony or mm-hmm. home, if you will. So the, the idea is to spread out. So you, you don't, you have a, the, the human race has a, a better chance of survival. I wanted to bring this point up to you because yes. we always talk about picking up a piece of trash, right? It's always, yes. always picking up a piece of trash and we we're toxifying our planet, which we are right. Yes. There's an aluminum can shortage, aluminium for those in the UK, excuse me. There's an aluminum can shortage, and it might make it harder for you to find your favorite soda in stores. You're not going to be getting the uh, the, the aluminum cans. It's, it's going to be a little difficult at the moment. Grocery shopping, it's a very different experience now than it once was because of everything that's going on. Hours and policies have changed, right? Mm-hmm. So some of these products are going to be harder to find than they were before. So things like toilet paper, paper towels, right? They're easier to find now. Right. More so than they were back in, say, like March, April, that kind of stuff. But aluminum cans are impacting some availability of some fan favorite sodas like Pepsi and Coca-Cola, some other stuff I've never even heard of before. Virgin Cola. Never heard of it. Uh Um, But uh, the reason for the aluminum can shortage is that customers are turning to canned drinks more than they ever were before. The pandemic. Brevard Times explained that drinks in glass bottles are often enjoyed at bars and restaurants. And because of COVID-19 related closures, such drinks are no longer being served in mass. So consumers who were stocking up on groceries at the beginning of the pandemic turned to beverages and aluminum cans because they're easier to store and stack than glass or liter bottles. So now, as the aluminum can supply chain tries to keep up, it might be a little bit more difficult for you to find your favorite drinks in stock in the supermarket. This is a good thing, isn't it, GP? Because people just toss cans. They just fling them out there in the middle of nowhere, right? So, I, you know, it's, it's a, that's a tough one for me because of the difficulty between, okay, plastics I have a problem with is the microplastic. See, when when you're, when you guys, everyone drinks from these plastic bottles and if you recycle, I mean, that's fantastic. But oftentimes these people are dropping a plastic bottle off and it will degrade. And get into the oceans, get into the microorganisms, get into fish, get into pretty much everything. It's got a little bit of plastics in it. And that's including some of the materials and cloths that we wear, you know, clothing that we wear. But aluminum is something altogether different. Unless it's hit with an acid, relatively benign or an alkaline. Um, it's relatively benign. Uh, it's not going to um, be as destructive on the environment as plastics. So I'm kind of, <laughs> if you're going to do one thing. I mean, I, I would rather have a shortage of plastics than I would have a shortage of aluminum. Do you think we could actually, speaking of the environment and speaking of, of things of that nature, do you think that it would solve a lot of problems if people would recycle as opposed to if, I mean, if everybody did what they were supposed to do, let's, let's say that they mandated recycling like the way they're mandating these mask things, right? Mm-hmm. You would still have a fringe element that would say, yeah, yeah, whatever, but if you had such a thing is, for example, you look at how things are over here where I'm at. You've seen it. You see how you have to separate everything. And they actually uh-huh. have a and I kid you not. They actually have a trash police here. I kid you not. And if you don't 
If you don't recycle and you don't separate your trash the way you're supposed to, then you can get fined for that. Mm -hmm. So if people actually did this, wouldn't this be easier to make the plastic choice? I mean, obviously, you still you still don't want to do it. Right. But if we Mm -hmm. do have a reasonable container, a reasonable stainless steel container or metal container of one form or another uh, is highly preferred. But right. But I'm talking about as a consumer, right? As a mandating, consumer, you buy things. mandating the recycling would be awesome. Right. Awesome. That's, like we do that's what I was alluding if to. We were as, if we were as vigilant. Yes, that would be I would be I'd be doing a dance. So I, I think it would be less. I, I'm just I think it would be less mm-hmm. of a problem. It would be less impactful on the environment. It would be less toxifying on the environment if we mm-hmm. actually had a legitimate recycling program and people followed it mm-hmm. and we promoted mm-hmm. a culture of it through education with it rather than all this man-made garbage that you're bad that kind of stuff the, the conservation right. movement has been taken over it, it's been taken over it's not taught anymore as far as i see well because you know it's out of trend <laughs> it's not well it's yes, not trendy that, anymore because we got that, something else to focus on what well, man-made Remember, climate change most is of these not trendy was that global change or global toxification is not trendy? No, it's global, not trendy, global but it's trendy. It is not trendy. It's, it is uh, not trend. I didn't say trending. I said trendy. It's not pushed as something that's a real problem. That's that's my point. I agree with you. I, it I'm would be if there's nothing else going on. If we didn't have COVID, it would be. Yeah, I agree. If we didn't they, have this global warming excitement going on. Because, see, here's the thing about there's global warming. You know, do we hear about it anymore? No. We we don't hear anything. We we don't you don't get the. It was taking too long. You know, I have friends. I have friends of mine that are you know that we're out and about cleaning up or doing whatever whatever we're doing and uh, you know reorganizing stuff. Um, the uh, and they're climatologists. You know, they're they're some of them are pretty were were pretty out there when it came to the climate. I mean, they're screaming and yelling that we're all murderers and you're killing the you know that you're causing man made climate change is yes. actually the biggest factor. Blah yes. blah blah. You know, they're even quiet now. Now it's because they've turned into anti-Trump. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. It's like their whole focus went from let's save the world to Trump is evil and the COVID thing. I mean, it's yeah, but it's this astounding. Shows the, I this we lose more people on this planet right now because of our toxification, toxifying our planet than we do for anything else. I agree. And it's future and it's affecting future generations after future generations. Eventually, we're going to be immune to COVID, or we're not. Okay, well, we're all going to get wiped out. No, it's not. This of, but see, you're 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 ignoring the issue here of the of the agenda shift. These are people mm-hmm. that are are indoctrinated by organizations like the mainstream media to follow the agenda. They're just following the agenda. They're followers. That's what they are. That, that's what they do. So they follow the agenda. You say they're not talking about man-made climate change anymore because that's not the agenda anymore. That was taking too long. And they had just radical fringe people that were involved with it, like Extinction Rebellion in the UK and the rest of them, the people that would glue themselves to airplanes and things like that to to try and make a statement. No one took them seriously. They had to change. Enter COVID. They had to switch. So it came down to COVID and hating Trump. That's the message now. Everything is has been redirected to that. That's that's where people are. Unfortunately, gentlemen, we are out of time this morning. We're going to have to uh, we're going to have to jump. What do you have? No, 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 nothing. No, I don't have anything. Okay. I'm, I'm just looking at a beach cleanup. Okay. You're sorry. looking at a beach cleanup. No, GP, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm no. sorry, man. No, I didn't no, mean to get us, you all riled up. I, I didn't mean to get you no, all no, fired no, up. No, no, no. It gives morning. us opportunities to get out. I mean, for many of you out there, there's a lot of different organizations that are cleaning up the environment. And if you want to get out and be conscious at the same time, you could join these organizations or help them out. Um, doesn't mean you have to be a full-time volunteer or anything of that nature. You can go out there and you get your beach time 
and you're helping out a few seals and dolphins and sharks and everything else out there in marine life and including ourselves by helping clean up. It'd be pretty awesome if you went out there and helped. That's what I got. <laughs> it's a good message, GP. Yes. Thank you for your time this morning. Bruce, thank you for your time this morning. Okay. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon, and I hope everyone has a great morning.